fast asleep on a Saturday morning, enjoying the fact that I didn't have to work that day and I could sleep in. But then the phone rang and it changed all of that. Who could be calling me and waking me up? Grab the phone. Hi, Mom. Hi, son. What are you doing? Well, I was sleeping. Well, hey, what are you doing tonight? Oh, well, I think me and some of my friends, you know, we're just maybe going to watch a movie. We might go, go bowling or something like that. Why? Well, hey, do you remember this one girl? No. Um, do your parents always do that, right? <laughs> like, hey, do you remember so-and-so? No. Well, they know who you are. Um, hey, do you remember her? No. Well, hey, you know, remember my, my co-worker, it's like, it's her niece, and, and, and she kind of knows you because of you taught, you know, her cousin and swim lessons and everything. Well, well hey, she, she goes to this other town uh, that's nearby, and it's this really small town, and, and, and hey, they have prom tonight. Uh-huh. Well, and so her friend, her date, who lives out of town, he canceled on her. And she has no one to go with tonight. And if she doesn't find anybody to go with, she won't go. And there's, there's like, they've thought of everyone. Everyone in the town, uh, that, you know, there's just way more girls at the school than there are guys. And, and they've, they've, like, thought of everyone, and they couldn't think of anyone to go with. But then they thought of you. Hey, so would, would you go with her? First off, when this is happening, I am just thinking, does my mom love me? <laughs> because if she loved me, she wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be having this conversation. If she loved me, she would have just told the people like, oh, hey, that's really good that you thought of Ricky. But, uh, you know, no, I don't think he can. Like, thanks, mom. Now I see you love me. But here you are calling me, waking me up on a Saturday morning. I'm questioning our relationship now. Um, and so I start to think of excuses because here's the deal. She is asking me, hey, would you take this girl to high school prom? She's a junior in high school, and I'm a junior in college. And so I say, well, you, but I don't have a tux. Oh, that, they, they know that. That's fine. I don't have a ticket. Yep, they got you a ticket. You know, I mean, I mean, you, I mean all these things are just like, how can I get out of this? And I say, okay, well... Let me just think about it, and I'll get back to you. Which in my mind meant, I'm going to hang up, not think about it, call you back in 20 minutes until you know. That's what's really going to happen. And so I hang up, and I'm laying there, and, and this voice kind of pops in my head. You know, I, I don't know, you know, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. I'll admit, I kind of questioned at the time, I really thought it was the Holy Spirit. But it just said, you know, the, the, this voice was just like, Hey, if you were in this situation, the same as this girl, what would you want to have happen? And I thought, man, if I was in high school and I could go with a college girl to prom, that would have been awesome. You know, I've been like, yeah. Uh, you know, but it, then it's just like, oh, well, do unto others what you would want them to do unto you. Mm. Oh, gosh, yuck. I can't, like, and I just laid there and I'm trying to like move on from this situation of like, oh, hey, that would be a nice and loving thing to do for this person. But no, no. And I just couldn't shake it. And so oh, I just, I couldn't believe it. Called my mom. Okay, I'll do it. 
So I go, go to the girl's house, meet her parents, pick her up, and I will never forget it. When I walked in to the high school gym at the high school prom when I was a junior in college, I think that was the most awkward moment in my life. <laughs> and it just felt awkward the entire night. It, because, let's just kind of admit, it's just like, ew. Right? And the reason it felt so awkward is because I didn't belong there. Right? I don't belong. I shouldn't be there. It, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of creepy. It's kind of yucky. And I don't fit in. I'm out of place. And we've all had that feeling, right, that we just don't belong. Maybe you've been in someone's house and you're like, wow, this house is incredible. This makes me feel a little weird now about my living situation. Maybe you've been in a conversation with some people and you're like, uh, I don't feel it entirely like I fit in. How you guys talk and think about money is, I'm in a way different spot. Or... You, you go to something and you're like, man, everybody is in this stage of life. All of my friends are getting married and I'm not. All of these people, you know, I have kids and none of my friends have kids. And we just feel like we don't belong. We're out of place. Maybe you felt that way at church. Gosh, everybody talks differently. Man, I bet everybody knows a lot more about the Bible than I do. Everybody probably has a, not, a lot kind of nicer and neater life than I do because my life's pretty messy. You know, but here's the thing is we, we all want to belong. We all want to feel like we're accepted, that we're a part of something. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. And actually a lot of studies show that outside of food and shelter, the biggest human need, you know, just mainstream uh, psychologists say the biggest human need is that they need to belong to something belong to something, to other people, to something bigger than themselves, to be accepted. And here at City Light South, we, we have this dream, we have this vision of, man, what could it look like here in church, at, at church, for all of us to not be just kind of this organization to affiliate with, but a family to belong to. Man, what would that look like? Couldn't that be something actually incredible? You know, when Jesus said in John 13, he says, hey, I give this new command that you would love one another and by your love for one another, people will know that you're my disciples. When he said that, does he have some kind of bigger vision, bigger thought in mind for his church that he died for that we would be something bigger than just an hour and a half on a Sunday morning? That, we would not, that church is not something that we attend or that we go to, but it's actually something that we are and that we belong to Him and we belong to one another. So how do we become that? How do we become something more than just an hour and a half on a Sunday morning or just something that we attend? And what does that actually look like for us to be a family to belong to? So if you've got a Bible, open up to Philippians 1. It's in the New Testament. It's pretty far over there. You, you know, there's all those letters that Paul wrote. So it's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, then Colossians. If you got to Colossians, turn back. So Philippians 1, while you're turning there, 
You know, we, last week we started this series called Family Matters. And, and it's kind of just a way to kind of go through our core values of down, up, in and out, down. You know, Alex started last week of just like, hey, down the gospel that God has, has actually made us this family. He's adopted us into this family. Uh, and this week we're talking about in and what it means to, you know, to be community and have this family to belong to. And this is, um, we're, we're going to continue to unpack in the upcoming weeks. So, verse, um, chapter 1, verse 3 says this, I, Paul is saying this, he says, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. He's writing the, the, the church in Philippi. Always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you're all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. And so in this, Paul says this. This is just kind of the first thing is, what is the basis for our belonging? What is the basis that we're a family? How does that actually happen? And you know, when we typically think of why we belong to something or why we fit in or accepted. What do we typically think about? We think about what we have in common with others. And usually those are pretty kind of surface level things. You know, we've, we've, we feel like we fit in because we dress similar. You know, or, or we feel like we fit in because we're the same kind of socioeconomic class. You know, when, or, or, or think about what makes you feel out of place. You know, I felt out of place at, at, at prom because I was a different age. You know, and I'm sure you've been maybe to something like Citigroup or something like that, and you're like, man, everybody's just in a different stage of life than me. I don't belong. And, and we, we like it when people think the same as us. Oh, hey, they liked my Facebook page. They, li- they liked what I posted. You get this little sense of belonging. Hey, when we talk, you know, if you talk politics with somebody and, you, and they disagree with you, you don't feel like, oh, now we're super connected. You know, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. We're, we're coming from two different places. Uh. And, and that kind of causes this division. Maybe it's even just something simple like movies. I, I mean... Hayden and I, I know that we have this sense of belonging to these other people because we're Star Wars fans and we play this nerdy Star Wars game. It's awesome. But, but Paul here, he's pointing to something far bigger than that. Hey, you want to know what your sense, like your real sense of belonging comes from? It's something that's so much more important than how much money you make, how you dress, how you vote, any of these things. It's so much bigger than that. Those actually aren't the things that make you a family because you could have those things that are different and you could still have a family that God has made. All of those things can be different. And then here's what Paul points to. It's the gospel. Notice this in verse 6. He says, I am sure of this, that he, he's talking about Jesus, who started a good work in you, that he will carry it on to completion. That good work that Jesus started was the gift of salvation. That, hey, all of you, all of you are in the same boat in that you are totally lost on your own. 
You're dead in your sin. You're broken. You're messy. There's nothing that you can do to make yourself right with God. Nothing that you can do to kind of clean yourself up, fix yourself. You were totally separated from, from God. And then Christ came, paid the price for your sin, and He is the way that you come to know God. He is the way that you come to, to be saved. He who began a good work in you, this, this thing of salvation... And He did it totally by His grace, totally because of His love, and you just trusted and accepted that. And so He's saying, hey, we have this sense of belonging with one another because ultimately God made us belong to one another. It's because of what, not, what, not because of what you have done. It's not because exactly of how you think. It's because of what Jesus has done for you. That's the basis of your belonging. That's why we belong to one another. It's because of what He has done. I mean, the other day I was reading in Mark, and Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and He says this, he, you know, he says, hey, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. And Paul is saying, hey, without Jesus, we're all sick. And you know why we all belong to each other? It's because of that common need that we have because of our sin, but we also have a common Savior in Jesus. And that, 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 that's bigger than any other thing that you think is, is the basis for us being a family. It's that. And then he, he goes on to say, look at the rest of, of verse 6 there. So he began a good work in you, and I'm confident of this, that he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So like... Paul's saying, yeah, I know that you are saved because of Jesus, totally saved by, by His grace. It's not because of your behavior. It's not because of anything you've done. We're all totally needy, desperate, lost, and Jesus has saved it. But I'm confident not just of the, the work that He began in you with salvation, but that He's going to continue this work. I'm confident that, that He's continuing to work in your life. And in that, He's saying, hey, we're, we're all in process None of us have, you know, we're, we're totally saved by grace, but as far as us becoming more and more of who Jesus is and knowing Him, we're all in process. God is working in all of us. You know, and I, I think sometimes we can feel like we maybe don't even fit in in church because it's like, well, I'm not like them. They really know the Bible. Man, I don't know if I'm like them because, because of some of the things that I'm doing right now. Or because of some of the things that I've done or some of the things that have been done to me. And, and I feel this, this separation from them that I don't fit in because why? Because of the sin and the junk in my life. And their life has to be better than mine. They, they know it. I know it. I don't know if we belong to one another now because kind of how moral we've been. But that's not the basis of our belonging. Paul is saying, hey, we're all saved by grace because of what Jesus has done. That's the basis of our belonging, but also the basis of our belonging is what Jesus is continuing to do in our life. He's at work in all of us. And so, hey, if, if you're kind of more mature and if you know the Bible more, that's fine. But that doesn't make any, anybody, it doesn't make you belong more and it, makes, it doesn't make somebody else belong less. We're, we all belong together. And so, like, 
when we think of ourselves like, it, like this church and who we want to be and who we want to become, it starts with knowing this. If we're going to be this family to belong to, what is the basis of our belonging? How do we know that we belong to God and we belong to one another? It is not because of any of the things that the world says makes you a group. The world says, hey, it's, it's how you look. It's your ethnicity. It's how you vote. It's how you affiliate. All of these things. But Jesus, the scriptures tell us, no, it's none of that. It's something so much far bigger than that. And we can have all these differences, but it's because of Christ. What He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do. That's why we're this family. That's why we belong to one another. Because of Christ. And I, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. And he just says, hey, we all share in the same spirit. If you've trusted in Jesus, you, you've been given the Holy Spirit of God. He lives in you. And we have the same spirit. And he says, now be, because of that, because of what God has done, you're this body. He says, you know, you're this body in Christ. And we're each one part of it. In Romans 12, he says, um, you know, that so in Christ, we, us, though many, though we might, you know, have differences or whatever, we form one body and each member, each person, each part belongs to all the others. And so that's, we belong to one another because of Christ, because of what he's done. He's the basis of our belonging. And next we see this. We see the affection of our belonging. I just want you to notice that Paul and just how he talks about the Philippians. You know, in verse 3, I give thanks to God for you. You guys bring me joy. Verse 7, indeed it is right for me to think this way about you. The ESV says feel. It's right, it's right for me to feel this way about you. Hey, because of, the, because of our commonness in Christ, our commonness in the gospel, it's right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. And you're all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Verse 8, For God is my witness, how I deeply miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I mean, circle, underline, highlight that, the, you know, the affection of Christ Jesus in verse 8. You know, we... we we see this difference with the church family and then the other spheres of our life. You know, I, I go work out at Good Life Fitness. Well, I'm trying to start going to work out at Good Life Fitness. Um, what do you mean, Ricky? You look great. Thanks for the encouragement. Um, you know, uh, when I go to, to work out, I will just admit, when I go there in the morning... I'm really not thinking about anybody else that's there at the gym. I am just going there thinking about like, oh my gosh, oh, how far am I going to have to run? What weights am I going to like try to lift? Uh, how long do I, when I need to leave so that I can get home and take the kids to school? And how bad will I stink? Meh. Let's watch some TV while I run. That's it. You know why? Because... I go to the gym to work out. That's it. 
And, and when we, you know, we say this, this phrase like, hey, the, the church is not an organization to affiliate with. Hey, it's not like your gym membership. At least it shouldn't be. It, it, it's, not, it's not like just these other things, even when you go to a Husker game. But it's a family to belong to. And, and, and man, when we come, and it's like, man, this should stir in us these actual emotions, these feelings. It's right for me to feel this way about you and how I long for you with the affection of Christ. I actually care about you. Because I'm not here to just listen to somebody talk. I go to the gym to, to work out. To, I pay them to get something from them. And they don't really care if I'm there as long because I'm on auto pay. But church, it's like, no, no, no. Jesus is like, no, no, that's, that's not what I've made. Like, that's not what I made here. Man, I want you guys to actually care for one another, love one another, have this affection towards one another. I mean, here's the kind of thing. Isn't that what we all want? I mean, just think about it. In your, in your heart, like if you're just honest with yourself, if you just thought about like your ideal church, right? It's, it's probably not this. Right? I mean, there's parts of it that you might really like, but if you just think like, man, I would love church more and more if blank, I think that would include, man, if I knew some people there that just really cared for me. If there were people there that I was moving towards in love and affection because I really cared for them. Right? We all want that. Growing in one another's lives. Like we care about each other. We care about each other's kids. We care about each other's like, jobs and, and what's, what's going on. But I want you to notice in the text, and just, you know, you, hopefully you circle, underline, highlight that there at the, ver- at the bottom of verse 8. Because, hey, this might feel like, hey, I'm just like, hey, hey, church, just kind of cook up some affection for one another. Just love each other. That's pretty hard to kind of do. But notice what, what Paul is saying here. He goes, hey, how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Where does this love for, for each other come from? It comes from Christ Because you know who loves you perfectly and most amazingly? Jesus. But if Jesus is in me, if he lives in me because I've trusted in him, then man, actually he's shaping who I am. He's shaping my mind. He's shaping my affections, my delights. And he's moving me towards loving you. Moving you towards loving each other. Not just something that you cook up. And so Paul's saying, hey, this is like... God's heart in me towards you. God stirs our hearts for each other. And we love one another. Not because it's... We, we love you know, each other not just because it's like it's easy or it's convenient or man, that other person is so likable and funny. We love each other because God loves one another. Now, now that's kind of like, let's admit... This notion of having this genuine affection and care for one another, in one sense, is encouraging. Oh, hey, that would be really awesome. But in another sense, it's kind of hard and intimidating. Man, because, again, let's just admit, coming on a Sunday for an hour and a half, listening to something, singing some songs, and leaving, and never doing anything else, that's pretty easy. But if it's like, oh man, we're supposed to like love each other, like, ugh, that that feels weird. And you know, we that, there's there's kind of like some vulnerability to that. 
Man, if I love people, will it be reciprocated? Hey, if I move towards them, will they move towards me? Because you could do a really great job of loving somebody, and they might not be doing a great job of loving you back. And, and I've been in church, kind of church world long enough where I've been hurt. I mean, they're, they're, I've been hurt by people that I'm like, man, we're kind of close. I've been hurt by people that would call me their friend, and it's just like, man. And, I, and I've had this, this thought sometimes. I mean, I'm just being, being vulnerable with you guys. Like, I've had this thought just like, man, is this really worth it? And that hurts. Is, is this worth it? And this is a thought that this, I feel like God keeps coming back. God keeps making me come back to. And that Jesus just says, I thought it was. I thought this church was worth dying for. I thought these people were worth dying for. And we love each other because of Christ in us. Man, God loves you like this. God lives in me. Not, we, we love each other not because it's easy, but because it's good. Because it's like Jesus. I mean, the same way that I love my kids, my wife, even when they bug me, even when it's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And they're not always doing everything that I want them to do. We don't always agree. But I would want that kind of love to continue in our church family. Because that's what Christ constantly does for us. Right? Christ constantly loves me when I am not being great to Him. Christ's love is, is pursuing me, is being shown to me, and then there's times when it's just like, my love is not being reciprocated to God at all. But He keeps moving towards me constantly. And we do that for each other. Why? Because Christ has done it for us. He is doing it for us. And that same love, that same power is in us because He lives in us, because we've trusted in Him. So we, we just see that this, and you know, in that we see this, ref, that we're, when we love each other, we're reflecting Christ to one another. And we actually, more and more of God's love grows in us. We actually even grow in our love for Him. And so, you know, we see this affection of belonging. And last we have this, we have this, the actions of belonging. You know, that, 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 Belonging to one another actually moves us to do something. And first is this, it's just kind of like partnering. Look at verse 5, it says, Because of your partnership in the gospel from this first day until now. And then in verse 7 he says, You are partakers with me in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are in this family, and it's, it moves us to take action. It causes us to do something. And one of this is just that we're a family that is about the gospel, about the same mission, about the same, you know, that we're partnering together. It says in your partnership with the gospel. It doesn't say, hey, in your consumership of the gospel. You know, it's easy for us, for everybody, to come to church and have this mindset, hey, it's all about me. Hey, is the church kind of doing things the way that I want them to do? Man, Ricky wasn't funny enough in his sermon. No, Ricky, you're hilarious. Gosh, come on, guys, you gotta keep coming back, you know? What do you mean? You're awesome. Right? You know, when we all have these preferences and we kind of want these preferences to be met, and then when we come with that mindset of, hey, it's about kind of what can I can consume and be given rather than this partnership, 
Right? Paul's saying, hey, the, the actions of, of our belonging to one another moves us towards this partnering together to, make, to know Christ together, to make Him known together. And hey, church, church it, this, that's, this mission, this partnership that we have in the gospel together, that's not just the pastor's job or the staff's job, that's all of our jobs. That's all of us together. You know, this, this year we're asking this question, we want to keep coming back to it, is just, who's your one? Who's, the, who's your one person in your life that you're praying for that God would do something in their life to help them know Jesus? Who's your one that you're just you're praying for, you're pursuing in this real relationship because you genuinely care about them, but they don't know Christ and you just want to see God do something in their life and save them? Who's your one? And that is not just something that you do alone by yourself. But again, it's all of us. I mean, there's one of my neighbors that I'm trying to reach out to. I remember bringing him to this thing with, you know, the kind of this guy's night. And I actually didn't end up talking to him the entire night because people in my city group were talking to him the whole night. I kind of felt bad. Um, but I was having some good conversations with other people, so I didn't feel that bad, maybe. But, like, but people were coming like, alongside of me and helping me reach my neighbor. You know, there's, you know, we have this partnership in the gospel. And so just think, you know, if you've ever been on a sports team or in the military or something like that, you know, hey, this isn't about me and about what I could get, but it's about what we are doing together. And when we have this idea that, hey, we're, we're, we're in this partnering together for the gospel, it becomes about, more about the person to the left of me, more about the person to the right of me, and what we're going to be doing together. And Paul is saying, hey, we have this partnership with one another. And, and you know, if, here's the cool thing is, as you actually partner with people towards something, you actually grow in your love for them. I mean, I've been on just, you know, if you've been on a team or on a mission trip or something like that, I mean, man, it's like, oh, we're all about, about the goal. We're all about each other. And, and then you just grow in your love for one another. So we see this partnering, this active partnership. The other action I'd say of, of belonging is this, is just being there for each other. I don't have any fancier way to say it. Just being there for each other. Because Christ's love is in us, we love each other, and it actually moves us towards, towards doing something. And Paul, he mentions, hey, I'm praying for you guys. The Philippians, they helped, church, or they helped Paul when he was in financial need. In Scripture, there are over 40 places that command us on how we should, we should kind of live this out and be in a family and be in a church body. <clears throat> and it uses this phrase, one another. And I won't list all 40, but I'll list several of them. And it says this, you know, that we are to love one another. Again, just all these actions of, of what we are to do. We are to love one another, encourage one another, serve one another, honor one another above ourselves, live in harmony with one another, build one another up, care for one another, forgive one another. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Show hospitality to one another. Use the gifts that God has given you for the benefit of one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Pray for one another. And when we say we're, we're not this organization to affiliate with, but this family to belong to, this is what this looks like. That, hey, I am committed to you. I'm committed to you. I am I'm tangibly doing things 
to move towards you in love, to care for you, to love you. Because this isn't about me, but us and what Christ wants to do in us and through us. You know, I got a text the other day, I mean, just randomly, just somebody saying, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you, praying for your family. I've had people just invite us into their homes. I've had people, because of something else, they just say, I mean, just on, on the drop of a whim, like, oh, hey, we'll watch your kids. I've had people encourage me towards Christ, sharpen me. Guys, when we more and more have this knowing of like, hey, I'm not here for me, but I belong to something bigger than myself, we'll, we'll live those one another's out. And, and here's the really cool thing. It's, it's not just like an us, just kind of, hey, let's make sure we do that. But in that, we're reflecting Christ to one another when we practice those out. But it's, it's not just in when we're being there for each other. It's not just in ways like that, but it's also in the tough times. Notice in, in verse 7, what Paul says, it's right for me to think this way about you because I have you in my heart. You're all partners with me in grace. You know, and he says, you know, in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, what does he say right in the middle there? But also in my imprisonment. Hey, you were there for me when I was in prison. I would say being in prison is probably a rough time. You know, a couple of these other one another's that we see in scriptures just bear one another's burdens. Comfort one another. Confess your sin to one another. You know, I think for all of us, and especially in our culture here, it is very easy, maybe even encouraged, to hide. Hey, how are things? Great. I don't really want to tell you about the financial trouble that I'm having, or the sin struggle or my kid struggle, or my relationship status struggle, or these insecurities that I feel, or how I hate my job, or any of these other things. I really am not going to actually talk to you about that, so how am I doing? Great, fine. And we hide. You know, and we've said it before, we can impress people with our strengths, but you connect with people through your weaknesses. You know, we want this to just say like, hey, you know what? We get it. We get it that it's easy to put on a happy face. And even in church world, it's kind of maybe even more so thought that we should do that with one another. But, we, you know, we want to be a family that's like, hey, we belong to one another. And if we're really families, families are vulnerable. And the reality is, is we all have junk in our lives. You might think somebody else doesn't, but I guarantee you they do. We all do. There's all some sort of situation, there's some sort of sin, there's something. And I've heard this happen so many times, it, like living here in South Lincoln. Some, uh, someday, somebody obviously, you know, just boom, this happened. Some big, crazy thing. And then people that even knew them really well would be like, man, we had no idea. Why? Because we hide. But if we're a family to belong to, it's like, hey man... This is hard for me, and I'm going to feel weird, but man, just there it is. There's, my, there, there's the junk, the mess, the darkness, the sin in my life. And I've seen this happen time and time again here where people say like, hey, I'm looking at something I'm not supposed to be. Hey, this is really hard. And I've seen people just come alongside of them and just say, we're, we're, we're here for you. 
And we love you. And just pray for them and just say, hey, we're, we're, you're not alone in this. We want to help you. And so, I, I, man, if you, I'd encourage you, if you are just wrestling with this stuff, don't hide. I mean, because the, the people that I feel, so, you know, and you feel so much more connected to are the people that have been there for you in tough times. I mean, Christy and I have had some, I remember that it was so awesome when we were going through something that was just really hard and difficult that we had this couple that was just like, hey, they were a safe place for us. And they just listened and they didn't judge or anything. And it was like, man, that was so awesome. I've seen people lose a baby. And some people just say, hey, like, hey, we're just going to show up. We're just going to be a presence with you. Hey, here's some gift cards. Here's something. Here's dinner. I've seen people go through cancer treatment. And people are just like, hey, you're not alone. We're right here with you. I just want to say, like, gosh, guys, I'm proud of you, church. You guys have shown me Jesus. You've shown me love. You've shown other people love. I've seen it. And even when I'm not like there doing it, like I see you doing it to other people, like, man, I'm so encouraged, so blessed by that. And I think I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so excited because I think God is still growing us and being this family to belong to, to be in a place that lives this out. And so as we move forward in this as a church, how, how should we think about that? You know, because some of you might be like thinking, well, I don't know if I'm experiencing that like you are, Ricky. And that's okay. Here, here's just, you know, how, how to think about it as we move forward as a church. Here's just a few things real quick to keep in mind as we be a family to belong to. One, it takes time. It takes time. I mean, building these, you know, if we want to say we want to be relationship rich and have these relationships with one another, it just takes time. Getting to know people, building those relationships. So it takes time. Second thing, it takes consistency. If you only participate about once a month in something, it's probably not going to be that legit. I mean, this is kind of common sense. And I know it. I get, I get it. Life gets crazy. Things happen. You're busy. And, and, and I, I get that. But I would just encourage you to make this family, to make other people, your city group, what, your huddle, whatever, I just encourage you, make it a priority. Because you can be activity rich and relationship poor. And I just say, like, that's really not going to get you somewhere. You're not going to be, be at the end of your life and be like, man, that was a life well spent because I did all these activities. You're going to know you had a good life because of, like, man, there were people that I was committed to and they were committed to me. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I get it, COVID has just kind of wrecked our habits. They've wrecked this world. But it's easy to get out of habit of meeting together and then that habit just becomes your life. That you're just not meeting with people. You're not engaged. So I'd encourage you to get, get into the habit of, of meeting together. Be consistent. Show up. And then here's the next thing. Just take a step, wherever you're at. You know, if you're like, hey, I'm super committed. I feel really connected. I feel like I totally belong and I'm, you know, do this. Think of maybe who you can invite to your home. Think of who, maybe somebody else that maybe is not as connected or doesn't feel as, you know, that they belong as much as you and invite them into something. Reach out to somebody new. Or if you're not connected at all, I'd just say the next step for you, maybe get in a city group. Maybe just fill out a connection card and just say like, hey, look, I don't know about this stuff, but I don't know. I'd just like somebody to connect with me. 
But just take a step. Maybe you've been in a city group for a while, get in a huddle. You know, as I see us, you know, and I see amazing things happening in this family, but as I see us more and more becoming a family, a family like that, I just see us being a family that is, that is connected, that has these real relationships with one another. I see people becoming less and less lonely. I, feel, I see more people feeling just less stuck in their sin and their shame because somebody's coming alongside of them in that. I see us growing in vulnerability because we just all know that we need Jesus and we're not here to just judge each other or tear each other down, but to encourage one another. I see us becoming more and more of a light to the city because they will know you by your love for one another. And they see people that are just doing this, getting together. I see us being more welcoming to other people on Sundays or on, in our city group, in our neighborhood, our workplace. I see more needs being met. More and more of us are praying for one another for strength, for guidance, for wisdom, for their marriage, for their relationship with Jesus. And all this, when you, when you just think of like, hey, but why would we do that? Why, why is this happening? Because we're a family. That's what families do. God's made us that. And Jesus didn't just die and rise again you know, for, to make an audience on Sunday mornings. But He did it to make a family. A family that we could belong to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we pray. Um, Lord, we just thank You that You've made us this family. Thank You that You have... I don't know, Lord, that, that You've just made this something bigger than, um, than any of us, God. So Lord, I pray that as we, that you would continue to, to move us in this direction. Lord, I've just seen so many things, so many awesome things of how people have, have loved one another, have cared for one another. Lord, I pray that you continue to do that. And um, Lord, I pray that, that this would just be Something, Lord, that we think that this is not just up to us, Lord, but it is Christ in us, Christ through us, Lord, and that we look to you for our strength, Lord, because you're with us. We ask this in your name. Amen.